This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to iRacers Lounge, a show where we discuss iRacing in a casual group setting. My name is Alan Pajari. With me is Mike Ellis, Carlos Fonseca, Jay Heishman, Michael Duell, and Mike Kinner. Welcome, guys, to our third show. Hey, hey. What's Hello. going on? Thank you. All right, uh, Mike, let's start off with you. Uh, let's get to know you a little bit better. When did you uh, start off uh, sim racing? Yeah, I don't think we know which mic you're talking about. Oh. Kinner, Kinner, let's start off with you. <laughs> Three mics yeah. in the room. Uh... Yeah. I was waiting for Kinner. <laughs> no, um, I got started iRacing back in uh, July of 2013. And actually, a guy I run with quite a bit, uh, Alan, you know him quite well as a junior. Him and I were racing on console for quite a while there and talked me into jumping into iRacing. I did a lot of research because I knew it was going to be a little bit more expensive than what I was thinking to get started but after a bunch of research and checking stuff out and him gnawing at my ear about it I bit the bullet and like I say about July 2013 is when I started so yeah and junior is uh, Jason K Miller on the on iris and for you guys that don't know what kind of equipment do you use there Kinner? <laughs> got an old rickety table that I hook my GT driving force wheel to and uh lawn chair and uh one screen. <laughs> nice setup. Yeah, I call it the hillbilly setup. Yeah, very nice, very nice. So, uh, what series do you normally run in? Actually, I like I like running in the NAS um, series. I like the NAS uh, opens and the fixed also. And actually, that's where I believe you and I started racing together quite a bit. But we've uh, been busy with my job here lately so i haven't really been able to get on and race much but as of i run the open last night so hopefully i can get some more races in but i like the nas series and cup yeah uh you involved in any leagues um yeah actually uh jason jr and i we run the friday night iwcr races um they're a lot of fun there's a lot of fast guys in there they're pretty clean and of course i was running with you guys for quite a while in the uh I was at Integrity, and I was been talking to a guy on Facebook about this league he runs. It's the Elite Racing Championship. I've run a couple races with him, just kind of checking it out. It's it's been pretty cool. But all right, uh, and I know the team that you're on is called One Up Motorsports. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Who are the members of that thing, and how are you guys doing? Oh uh, yeah, actually, uh, uh, of course, Tyler Hudson, the 2013 champion and then Adam Benefield. It actually started with Adam Benefield uh, talking to Junior about coming over. Of course, they raced quite a bit. Junior gets up in them top splits quite a bit and uh, got to talking to him a little bit. And Junior and I, we don't really know a whole lot about setups. Junior's actually the guru for it. And, you know, they were pretty pleased with how Junior was running. And they asked him if, you know, we wanted to join the team. And, and we talked about it. I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer, you know. And we jumped in there, and it's it's going pretty good for a one one car team in the um, NASCAR Peak Antifreeze Series, of course that Tyler runs. We get we try to get into some practices and run the cars and take input from everybody, you know. And and really, 
Jason and um, Josh Campbell are the two main guys that really mess with the setups in there. But, you know, Tyler and Adam, they come in there and kind of put their input of what they think the car is doing. And we've actually, Junior and myself, have actually gotten a lot faster just, just running with those guys, you know. Yeah, they probably show you the, the good lines to run and everything. And Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, Mike, you also have a YouTube channel that it's uh, called Mike Kinner right now. Have you uh, changed the name of that yet? Yep. Actually, I got a couple. I've been mentioning in the in the uh, videos to for people to, you know, throw a comment down there. I was going to pick something that, you know, people had put in there. I wasn't going to pick anything on my own. And I've only gotten a couple comments on there. But uh, the name of the channel right now is Mike Kinner. But um, as soon as we're done with the uh, podcast here, I'm changing it to Hell Yeah Racing. Racing, that was one that uh, was commented on there. And I never realized how much I said that. <laughs> in the videos until I went back and started paying attention. And it's like every five minutes, I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. So that's what it should be is hell yeah racing. Yeah. It's more like, hell yeah. Yeah. It's a, there's a draw to it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another thing that, uh, that we have here just between Kinner and I is we have a lot of banner going on in between our, our channels and stuff when we're in races together. Um, we'll kind of kid around with each other and, and, uh, I'll watch, watch his videos and see what he says about me. And I'm sure he watches mine to see what I say about him. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it kind of started off at the uh, integrity race at the uh, Phoenix. I was, uh, I was right behind junior and I was mentioning I was going to pop him on turn one there. And, uh, Kinner goes, well, there's that Pajari with his bullshit. <laughs> and so that, nice. that's kind of what I, it's kind of what I said, it, it's on now. This is where we're going <laughs> to do a lot of stuff. And so if you want to, you want to hear some uh, stuff, then that's uh, kind of what we got going in between our videos there. Yeah. It, it, like you say, it started there and I had just started recording my races. Um, actually you gave me some suggestions on OBS there. I was having some trouble, but uh, I was just starting to record my, my videos and actually junior and I, we always trash talk. I mean, I don't know if any of the other guys have watched any of the videos. We trash talk through the whole race just about. And Alan, of course, is one of the, I mean, you're not the only clean driver on there, but you're one of the cleanest drivers that we ran with. And we ran with you in the NIS series. And then you invited us to that um, uh, winter fixed. And, we'd always trash talk. Well, you know, here's, here's Alan, one of the nicest guys on there. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> we were picking on your, uh, your sponsor there, big gut beer. <laughs> yeah. Big gut yeah. Beer. And, and, and really Alan, you're, you're the type that starts in the back and, you know, I think they were going into a corner. I remember I wasn't up where junior was. You guys were going into a corner or something and something happened and you took it three wide and junior goes, Oh, there's, there goes Alan. He's going to take it three wide. I said, yeah, he's putting the big gut up in there. I said, he he ain't messing around. He's like a snake. He's just hiding. He plays clean, but he'll get in there dirty. And yeah, it was, it was pretty much on, but we had always talked about you being clean and never, never doing anything like that. So the sarcasm started coming out after that. You know, for yeah, that, for the record, for the record, that's my that's my go to motto. I'm I'm a I'm gonna race you clean, and then I'm gonna screw you up in the end. <laughs> it, it works. <laughs> it works every time. Really good Diversion. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly right. Yeah, that was actually a Las Vegas race. I, uh, yep. Junior got a little little slow there at the beginning, so I just took him on the inside, took a three wide, and then I said, "Oh, sorry, I did that." <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's 
it's been so much fun ever since. I mean, it's good to hear somebody give it back, you know, but I would never get on the radio in iRacing and say some of the things that we say, you know, that's just, you know, for, for people to enjoy, but, but it's a lot of fun trash talking. Junior and I go back and forth. And of course, you know, you get in there, um, you were on the team speak for a, a different race, but I, I did, I wasn't in that team speak. I wish I would have been in there, but. Yeah. Okay. Duel, it's your turn. When did you start sim racing? Way back yonder, <laughs> um, in the 2003 days, probably about 2004, actually, I was a little behind the times. I started uh, doing some sim racing with my dial-up internet because I couldn't afford that brand new cable stuff. But, uh, yeah, so I just went from 2003 to uh, followed them over to iRacing and been here ever since. Yeah, you were one of the first ones on iRacing, weren't you? Way back when, when they were beta. Um, I think it was May 2008. Uh, I gave him my first $14.95, and uh, I haven't looked back. <laughs> yeah, that's that's neat. What kind of equipment do you use? Um, for my racing, G27. Um, nothing fancy. It's it's actually Frankenstein right now. Um, and then I got two video cards cross-fired, which don't do crud right now. But uh, and then I got six monitors hooked up to that. So I got three screens for racing and three for data. Your Z1 dashboard, iSpeed, TeamSpeak, stuff like that. Why did you ask him what he had first, and then I could have said what I had? I could have lied. What series do you mainly run in? What series do you mainly run in? Yeah, usually NIS. Um, I just started doing that here. Uh, I started last year focusing more on the NIS. Um, used to do a lot of the B racing until the Camaro came out and totally destroyed the series. So I decided, well... I'll try something else. So I started with Gen 6 and NIS and did the fix a lot. Um, and then we just kind of started slowly working towards the Open Series the end of last year. And so now this year the team is kind of focusing on both. Yeah. Are you currently involved in any leagues? <laughs> no. No, not really. Used to be. Um, for those that don't know, me and uh, Jacob Fife started Integrity Racing League about a couple years ago. And then... Uh, yeah, I just didn't, I mean, it's a good league, and, uh, you know, he's got a lot of good crowd over there, and I just, honestly, I don't, I don't have the time to, to do leagues anymore between my job and all 300 of my children and, and, and the uh, NIS. I, I don't have a time to, to really participate in the league anymore. Yeah, it, it is a good league, and I do want to thank you and Jacob for starting up that league. It's It's been incredible, I think. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's, it's been good. I mean, it started out really good. Um, it was really just a group of about, you know, just like us right now, about, you know, eight or ten guys starting to race every two or three times a week. And then we just decided, you know, there's got to be more guys than us just sitting around drinking beer, talking about our wives and jobs and racing. So Hell yeah. We, we started opening it up. And before we knew it, we had a full field, you know, at Daytona, which is pretty average. And then it dwindled down to about 20, 25 drivers at Homestead. So we was kind of surprised. And then... Uh, yeah, Jacob's Jacob's done a really good job. Um, I think uh, even Alan, you kind of led up into it with the winter series. That was a good idea. I like I like that. Um, gave me a chance to uh, run with some of the guys I haven't I haven't run with in a while um, since Integrity. So that was always fun. And then I got a teammate or two out of that deal anyway. So it all worked out. Yep. Now, why don't you talk about your uh, team, the Two to Green team, and how to get started, and who's uh, who's involved with that with you? Yeah, Two to Green Motorsports. Um, yeah, so there's kind of a funny side story to that. I uh, got sick and tired about a year ago, no joke, of uh, trying to find, trying to be part of a team. But uh, 
For those that know me, um, nobody really wanted me on their team for some reason, and I don't know why. But uh, so I said, you know, I, I don't have to, I don't have to sell myself like a hooker. You know what I'm saying? I'd, I'll just start my own stuff and see what happens. So Two Degree Motorsports was founded. Um, actually, we're coming up on our one year anniversary, June 24. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just focusing on the NIS stuff. Slowly got a couple of guys in. Um, just a quick rundown of some of the team members besides besides leader points leader Jay Heishman there the Heishman way you'll hear about that later. Um, we also have a uh, Chris Schitzler. Um, everybody knows him. He's part of the team. He kind of helped me start this from the very beginning. And then uh, we also have Travin Morgan, who absolutely loves Dover, by the way. Uh, and then Todd Thomas, Tyler Herr, and then we just added uh, Joseph Yakes. So we're getting pretty good. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good team with some fast guys. I know Travin's always fast, and Tyler's been definitely quick of late. I just sounded like a list of potential winners for tonight, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the uh, that's how it started, actually. When we when we started this, I think it was a uh, me, Chris, Jay, and I think we added Travin later, and we were all just lonely. You know, we're talking about twenty eight, three thousand I rating, something like that. And we just kind of focused on trying to get better with the open and just concentrating on finishing the fixed series. And before you know it, we got guys on the team now that are doing top split. Um, even Tyler, he's not quite up there. I think he's just reached that point of top split, but he's, he's always up there in top five running. And uh, Joseph, we just signed him uh, last month. Um, he's down there kind of in the bottom, but he's, he's slowly working his way up. Um, yeah. It's a great bunch of guys and we're all up there. Top 10, usually, rubbing elbows with the with with Mike or uh, Jay definitely so that's cool now one thing I did notice is that you got a big Coca-Cola 600 win in the Thursday night fixed there why don't you tell us a little bit about that race oh my gosh 600 I've been here since 08 uh I came close to winning the date the Indy 500 once ran out of gas in turn four so the 600 rolls around, and I'm just thinking, you know, I'm going to roll around, let attrition take over. People are going to wreck out, get bored, go to sleep under pace laps, whatever. Um, yeah, and then it just clicked. I don't know what it was, but the uh, the set was good. I could I could run the set really good. Um, I dominated that thing too. I was surprised, like 200 something laps led. Um, yeah, I was I was amazed. I came home with the win, one of the biggest races of the year, Big, biggest win of my i racing career for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah nice win. All right, uh, Jay, uh, your turn. Uh, when did you start sim racing? I started back in uh, December 2010 is when I first signed up. All right, uh, what kind of equipment do you use? I just got a uh, Logitech G- G27, uh, just a normal PC. I got uh, one screen to race on, and I got another screen for iSpeed I and uh, Z1 dashboard and TeamSpeak, stuff like that. And uh, what series do you mainly run in? Uh, right now, it's just the NIS series, both the open and fixed. All right. And any leagues you're involved in? I raced in the Integrity League, and then I raced in uh, the league you guys started, the Winter NIS. And both are just great, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, one thing that I saw on the forums was a, something that uh, I think you put in there. After Chris Sechler has been talking about his his race that he had in the NIS, and you put hashtag the Heisman way. 
explain that a little bit. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right, so this kind of started with the team. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I'm racing uh, Kansas, just hanging out in the back, because my motto is, I want to have a clean car for the last 50 laps. And the team crashed out, and I'm left with a clean car, and I finished 7th in top split. That's how you get it done. <laughs> nice. And but so, ever since then, week, though. Yeah. yeah, ever since then, we've been hashtagging it. And uh, but all I want to do is just have a clean car for the last fifty laps. Well, that's Alan's way too. Attrition, right, Alan? Isn't that what? Yep. You say? Yeah, attrition. Just let it play out and see what happens. You know, hopefully, yeah, you don't get involved in something. That. Like, if <laughs> I don't like what I see, I just go high and let the cars pass me and let them crash out and and burn the tires up, and I'll pass them back ten laps later. There, yeah, there's a oh, funny yeah. story about that Heisman way. The first night I tried it was my Coke 600 win, and I was leading that whole race, and Jay's like, that's not my way, man. You're going to screw up. You don't need to be up there right now. <laughs> and <laughs> So I guess I can kind of credit the win to the Heisman way. But, yeah, every every week he's up there. I, I don't get it. At the very end, he's like he's like the closer is what he is. Yep, it's just like uh, Harvick there in the closer. Always there at the end. Yep, I raced with Jay plenty of times. Last year's NIS, and I noticed how he raced, and I really liked the way that he raced. And uh, and so I kind of knew what the Heisman way was before he even said it because uh, I raced with him plenty of times. But uh, it's a good strategy. And it kind of like leads into uh, a philosophy on on how people race and the differences between certain people where they got to lead up. They got to be up front all the time and they'll push past people and slap five in their 20th and they go, I got to go and that type of stuff. And then there's people that realize that, hey, there's a long ways to go. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Mr. Ellis? Well, absolutely. And especially with the racing that we've seen this year so far in NIS, I want to throw it out to the group. You know, why are we all talking about the series NIS? Why is this one the one we're running and not something else? You know, why aren't we running a fixed and all these others? Is it because of the 36 week season, uh, compared to the 12 weeks? Uh, what is the prestige of winning a Coke 600 or even just any NIS race? I think field size. I mean, the field size is 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 a lot more. You know, it's it's huge compared to like. Well, it depends on what time you get on too, and racing an A open. But the prestige, like you say, if you're in the top split in an NIS series, say there's. I'm sure for the Coke 600. I don't know. I wasn't on, but if it's anything like the Daytona or last year's there i bet there was 600 people on there if you win in the top split out of that many people i mean like you say mike the prestige of of winning that would be is huge you know yeah i can i can honestly say um i i used to like the a open and the a fixed but if you wanted to be competitive in the points you pretty much had to race more than three or four times a week because of the SOF races and various circumstances. And I don't have the time for that. With the NIS, I basically get two chances on two nights. Works out perfect for my my personal schedule. So I, that's why I do it more. There you go. That's good philosophy. Yeah, same with me. Like with, you're guaranteed a full field. The I mean, the lowest amount of cars I've seen in the race was 29, and that's the 6 a.m. race. Yeah, that's got to be key is is how many people are in the race. And like you said, it fits schedules too, you know, and uh, it it feels like to me it's the perfect amount of racing. You know, I don't really feel I need to go league racing a lot or 
go hosted and so forth because uh, I do a lot of NIS stuff. But Well, for me personally, um, up until this last season, AFIXED and AOPEN, well, OPEN was a little less, but AFIXED was definitely a sprint race. And that's not the way I race. I, I do the Heisman way. I, you know, wait in the back and see what kind of attrition plays out and see what happens. And so I'm not a sprint racer. I'm, I'm never going to be fast. And so uh, I always like the strategy part of the NIS races. I, I was just going to say that that's my thing, too. The, the NIS is way longer. It kind of maybe maybe sways away those kids that are just on here for maybe a 45 minute race versus the two to three hours that we race every night. Yeah, you both are absolutely right. I mean, that's that's like you, you mentioned, Alan, you know, and Mike about guys running up to the front. They got to lead every lap. And, you know, those NIS races sometimes force you to, to run in the back. And the difference between, like, NIS or, say, league racing, league racing, you know who you're running against every week. You get into an NIS, and it might be a couple names that you don't recognize. There's some guys that you run with quite often, but there's guys you don't recognize. You don't know what they're going to do. Well, there's also guys that you recognize that you don't want to run with, too. Yeah, like me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> always one or two of those, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking about strategy, I reached with a spotter, uh, Jeff Benster, and he is the man on fuel mileage. He tells me what lap I got to get to for having stops left and this and that, and without him, I wouldn't be as half as good as I am right now. I got a lot of respect for guys that don't have a spotter or crew chief and can figure that stuff out while they're racing. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think that's where the team really comes in for us over here at Tafosi Racing. Is sometimes we're not even in the same split, but we're able to talk to each other and give each other ideas. Hey, should I pit? Right. Should I not yeah. pit? Hey, can I should I stretch it? You know, should I short pit? I'll mention that Junior. Um, when I say Junior, I mean Jason K. Miller. I'm sure you guys have raised against him, but I've been calling him Junior for years. And but uh, he's very good at that. Uh, we get into a fairly long race and he's doing the math right after we go green he's doing the math okay if i split this in half if i and it depends on how the field's running too but he is he is extremely good at doing the math and and pitch strategy yeah i try not to make strategies because i know most of the time it's not going to work out because of cautions and yeah that's true luck. too <laughs> you know the thing about the thing about spotters is you know like with me I got two or three programs that tell me, okay, I've been out for 20 laps. I've got 30 laps to fuel. That's me on the track. Spotters don't have that ability. They, they've got to go off of basically in, uh, experience doing it in the past and then their notes. So for somebody like Jeff to spot for Jay and say, hey, if you save now, you can get 55 laps and actually make it happen is beyond amazing to me. That's like a real crew chief. You know, yeah, exactly. Like real crew chief math. Because <laughs> uh, with the 600-mile race – uh, I needed one more stop. Everybody else needed two more stops. And I was in a position to win the race, and then I spent a pit road. That's also one of like the biggest things when it comes, you know, I'm leaving the NIS topic and talking about, like, endurance races. Like, we did a Sebring, you know, all of us, you know, tried to spot for each other and try to figure out fuel mileage and all that. At least that's what I did whenever I was watching some of our drivers. Yeah, I, I think that's good that you have a spotter there, Jay. That really helps out. So good that you uh, gave him some credit. I also want to mention that one of our team members, Colton Landis, won, uh, won the Coca-Cola 600 for the Wednesday night uh, open race. So congratulations what to Colton on that. that? Well, that's second. cool. Yeah, uh, that was second. 
I, I, I was in that race. Nobody could catch him. Nah, he's fast. Yeah. He he runs in them um, the integrity, doesn't he? Yes, yeah. he does. He's fast there too, and that's fixed setup. Yeah, and yeah. Would have had that one wrapped up. Then he what he luck. he was racing. Uh, what was it Fayash at Dover? There, he was the only one up there racing him for a win there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he finished second in that race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's on our our team, Team Tavosi, and uh, currently our highest rate uh, I rating driver. So, uh, yeah, congratulations. To that's Paul. cool. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, uh, head head and shoulders above the rest of us. I would say. <laughs> you guys know that people see he's in a room somewhere. They're going to be sending people to cut the power at his house now. When they're going into a race, I know. Oh, Colton, maybe when, when he joins the race, I, this is no joke. When he joins the race and we see him in our split, we're all racing for second, and we know it. <laughs> Ten four on that. I mean, I can only like stay with him for like two laps, and then he's gone. Oh man, I can I can hang with them uh, under pace. And that's about it. Yeah, I know he was fast in them fixed setups, and it's that says something too. When a guy's got the same exact setup that everybody else does, and he's that much fast—I mean, he was leaps and bounds faster in a lot of races than that, you know. Yeah, he's real good. Um, I do want to run run the over the current standings as of uh, today, which is uh, Thursday, right before the Dover fixed race. So this would include uh, the open of uh, last night. So for the first race at Dover. Under and you guys can comment anytime you want to here, uh, but under Division One we got Jordy Lopez Jr. is leading it. Uh, Ryan Michael Luza is second. He's fast. <laughs> is that not amazing that Luza's not first? Yeah, it, it really I mean is. that just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, uh, look at the stat difference. Okay, eight wins for Ryan compared to five for Jordy, and then laps led sixteen hundred compared to three hundred. Right. Wow. Yeah, loses this quick. He's a pro now, isn't he? I want to say he's not for various issues. I think he was at one time, though. Okay, yeah, because I thought he did real well in the A Open Series to qualify for that, but yeah, maybe he's, maybe he has other issues that doesn't allow him to be pro. <laughs> yeah. All right, then we got Chuck Sweeting in third. Uh, Logan Carthcart, or Carth. Cathcart in fourth, Dylan Rafferty in fifth, and Jason K. Miller in sixth. Yeah. No slouch there, I guess. Hell yeah. Yep. Division two, we got Travis Schaefer. And then we got our favorite, Jay Heishman, in second place in Division two. Good job. Nice. Get out of the way. His head's, his head's going to blow. Look out. The Heishman yeah. way, huh? I'm gonna, I, I think, I, let I, me write that down quick. Heishman. I <laughs> I lost the points lead. That's the last night's race. Kind of sad. Yeah. And we got uh, James Fox in third, Chandler Krizik in fourth, and our winner fixed champion, Michael K. Baker in fifth. And we also have uh, Mike Ellis is sitting in ninth. Way to go, Mike. Yep. Good job, Mike. Point nice. I'm coming. And we got uh, Duel in 24th on the front page. Don't, don't even cheer that. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Well, uh, hey, I'm not on the front page of any of these things. So. <laughs> You're only 800 out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Division three, we got Nicholas Johnston, Paul Bedient, Rick McMahon, Joshua Justice, Jeremiah Vincent, and Tafosi team member Jose Paban in sixth place. Good job, Jose. Nice. 
Yep. And, uh, and he's had, and by the way, Jose has had some horrible luck this season. And it's amazing that he's uh, even got that many points considering the rough patch he's had. No, I didn't have yeah. that bad of bad luck. And I'm like the third page and 40th. Yeah. <laughs> In uh, the Fix series, Division 1, we got Michael Abrams. Uh, if you guys haven't seen his YouTube channel, it's Team Abrams. Very good racer. Very good road racer, too. Um, so uh, that's, that's good that he's sitting up there. Ryan Lowe, Stefan Nobis, Tyler Hudson, and Matt Busa. Busa. Well, that's, uh -huh. a, that's a real strong top five there. Yeah, yep. It is. <laughs> Division 2, we got Chandler Krizik. Matthew Blossom. Now, um, I might embarrass Matthew here a bit, but uh, he intentionally wrecked someone on Saturday. And, Ooh, uh, uh oh. Yeah, and uh, I'm actually surprised that he can still run. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not taking a couple weeks off here. Because uh, he he did it under caution and just did it quite quite on purpose. Nice. Yep. And then we got uh, two to green uh, team member Travin Morgan sitting in third. Hell yeah, my boy. Yep. Samuel Harris, Chris Wright, and Mike Ellis is sitting in fourteenth. Fourteenth. Nice. Good job, yep. Mike. And yep. a solid fifty-two, <laughs> fifty-second spot. <laughs> Good and job. We got uh, Duel in sixteenth. Yeah. You forgot me. Nobody cares, Jay. Yeah, don't worry, Jay. My name ain't been mentioned since he started this crap. So. <laughs> Where are you, Jay? Where now, are Jay you? and I are actually in a pretty tight battle here. He's he's only like nine points ahead of me. I'm sitting in 12th. Oh, <laughs> sitting in 12th? Oh, how did I miss that? <laughs> I, the, I guess I was expecting here. you up near the top. The problem yeah, the duel's that... only 50 back from there, so the three of us are actually uh, pretty tight in the points. Yeah, but the problem here is because Jay sits on his can all day, he's figured out the points with the drop weeks. And if you guys look in the forums every week, he's always posting how close that points race is. Yeah, I finally figured that out and did my own Excel drop uh, Excel sheet with drop weeks. Sounds like I need to start following Jay on the forums and get some detailed information here and some strategy and stuff like that. The Heisman way. <laughs> yeah. Division three, Tyler Herr. Hell yeah. Someone. And we got Paul Bedient. Nick Northrop is third. Uh, quick question there, uh, Duel. Uh, I was watching Sunday's uh, Coke 600, and uh, you ran into Nick there. Did you hit the apron? I'm trying to remember. Was that in turn three? Yes, it was. I'm yeah. trying to remember means he had it coming. Yeah, no, I I clipped it. I, well, I was re, I was hot, racing him hard on a restart, and I went into three balls to the wall, and I just clipped the apron, shot him up in the track, and wrecked him. <laughs> yeah, you said you clipped the apron, and it's just kind of like, well, that was real yeah. close. Yeah, it wasn't even that bad of a touch. It's just enough to shoot me up the track, and we were just racing so tight on that restart that I I I apologized to him, and yeah, life goes on. He must be doing pretty well though, Division Three up there running that high. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we got uh, sitting fourth is Keith Vaughn, fifth is uh, Patrick Wright, and then our uh, Tafosi team members Brian Kozer in ninth and Jose Pabans in tenth. Nice. Yep. So uh, good race. And Tyler Her, looking at his numbers, he doesn't belong in Division Three. Obviously, he's got a over a two hundred point lead over second. 
yeah, he's a uh, he's known that for a while. When he joined, he was kind of like, you know, I don't know what I can bring to the team, you know, but I'll try. And uh, his I rating shot up last couple of months, and uh, yeah, we're like, man, you're gonna have a 500 point lead, you know, going to Homestead. You've got this thing locked up. Yeah, he'll he'll make Division One probably. Yeah. So another thing that I've noticed from uh, a lot of your team members that are dual on the forums oh. is, <laughs> yep, is the questioning on who should be allowed to race the NIS. So let's start with with you, dual. Who should be allowed oh. to run the NIS? This is a listen. This is an ongoing battle. My here's my take on it. This I'll make it short because I'm doing the qualifying right now too. A open, A fixed. That's fine. Everybody can join that C class and above, whatever. But but between the A open and the end pass series there's there's nothing that i mean you got to be really good or just join the crowd so my thought is if you make the na uh, nis something for a class drivers only with you know whatever i rating 2500 and above or 2000 above something like that to me you're not getting the crap that you, sometimes you get and it is the premier series i think everyone right. agrees I think there should also be something to do with safety rating. Yeah, I agree with you there, Carlos. I, that's what I was thinking. If if I racing could go back, say, you know, your last ten races, and that's that's how they that how they mix you up or determine that you go in is incidents and safety rating and 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 things like that. Yeah, because because these guys that come in, you know, let's say today somebody George Junior the third out there, you know, goes out buys the A car, doesn't run a lap joins a NIS series, even though it's a bottom split, you know, there's a good chance he's going to wreck about, you know, three or four cars. Yep. Why, why put him in that position? Make him run the A open, make it required that he runs the A open, get some experience under his foot. And then if he qualifies for it, he can run the NIS. Absolutely. That's a good I mean, idea. Well, I mean, it gives people something to choose for a ladder system. I mean, there's, we right. don't have any of that in iRacing, you know? No, and we shouldn't. I've been saying that for a while. I know. I remember when I first got on iRacing, Junior had told me, he said that, you know, this NIS and he's, you know, talking about it. You know, everybody's here. I didn't have my A license yet. I said, I can run that. He said, yeah, all you got to do is just buy the car. You can run in that thing. Right. And I think it was at Atlanta. And holy crap. I mean, I don't, I don't know what people were calling me, but I got to go. <laughs> but it was, it, it was, I'd never, you know, really only just practiced the A car a little bit. It was hard. To, that car is a handful. And then you get a guy that just has a truck license, never been even a B car or an A car hop in there. Yeah, and then throw him in a full field. Exactly. And you get 250 laps plus. It makes a big difference. Right. Yep. Yeah, here's kind of my thoughts on it. I think it should be uh, – uh, it's it's definitely more prestigious than the regular A fixed or A open. And I think it's kind of stupid that you need the Class A to be able to run those, but you don't need a Class A to run the NIS. Right. I also believe that you should have kind of a proven record a little bit. And I think that has to do with, with safety rating on how well you can run the A car around other cars. And um, so my thoughts on it is that you have to achieve a certain level of safety rating and have your A to be able to run the NIS. It, I think it's kind of stupid that you need more qualification to run the Xfinity races than you do to, need to run the NIS. I, I can agree with you a little bit there, except for I've been so anti-safety rating. You, anybody can go around Talladega, run 500 laps, and get a 499. But if you, you're looking for the drivers that can start in the A car, let's just say 
run 20 laps. Um, you know, maybe even say you got to go halfway distance to be credited with it or so. I don't know, but safety rating, that's, that's a little bit more easier to play with. But when you start talking about experience in the A car, it's a different story. I like Mike yeah. Ellis, your idea. I like that ladder system. You know, you start, then you got a goal to work for. I want to make the NIS series, you know, that ladder system you talk, you, you, you run these, these play just, you you know, well, you know, when we had NIS start, you know, two seasons ago, and it was the road to pro, that was kind of the ladder system. And then what do you guys think about, you know, here at the beginning of 2015, they took that away suddenly and moved it over to the A Open. Uh, I, you know, I was worried, oh, is this going to change the prestige of the NIS? But it doesn't seem to have. I think I it was think a it good has. move. Yeah. Oh, Go sorry. Ahead. I was just going to say. I don't think it's affected the prestige of the NIS, but I think it's affected the racing in the A Open. And I also think that, you know, to give a kid a chance to go from A Open, um, maybe to have a shot driving the MPAS is a little bit sketchy. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's got to be a different way of doing it. I totally agree with the ladder system. I, I, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, Mike, maybe you should write something up there and uh, we'll send it out to Tony Gardner. <laughs> well, hopefully they're yeah. just listening to us and we'll make that easy. So No, me, me and Tony and uh, Nim, they, they know me by first name. They don't want to get an email from me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know they know you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, another thing that I noticed this year, and, and, and I want you guys to chime in, is how clean are the races between – the open setup series and the fixed setup series. Boy, I, I think the the fixed is well because a guy doesn't have to spend no time on a setup. So I think they're thinking they don't need to spend any time on the track either. As far you know, when you're working on a setup, you spend some people are hundreds of laps before they go into the race. I think a fixed setup gives you the option to go in there, run ten laps, and then run the race. I, I think the fixed is a lot hairier than the open. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I think the fixed is a mess um, because, like you said, a lot of people can't handle the fixed. I mean, it puts everybody on a late level playing field. But the open, I think you. I mean, since you can adjust the car based on your driving style, it's a little bit cleaner. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually going to disagree with both of you guys. I think the open is a mess. And I, the reason why I think that is is because people can't drive those cars that they're trying to do. Everyone sets it up too loose because they want that fast lap, and they can't drive it. And, uh, it's you know, to me, that's, that's what it is. I mean, I don't think everyone's, like, putting in that time um, on a setup trying to get something that they personally can drive. I think a lot of people are downloading setups, getting them off of Facebook or whatever. Someone says, yeah, I ran uh, such and such lap in it. And they go, you know, good, I'll take this and I'll, I'll run with it. Right. You know, and you can't run with it. And I think you can just look at the at the cautions, at the difference between the two series and see that open is a mess. I think, too, that that might have something that in a practice or whatever, you got a guy that's just trying to lay down a, a fast lap. Then as the tires wear, if you get some green flag running, like you say, you might not be able to hold on to it anymore. But all they're doing is practice is just getting a car that can run that one fast lap, which I don't I don't believe in myself, you know. And I know, you know, a lot of guys I run with do not believe in that, but that might be what's what's happening too. 
I have seen a more and more of a growth on the uh, on people just looking for sets in free spots. Like a lot of Facebook groups are popping up. I think you're right on that part. People just grab it and think, well, okay, he says you can run a 29 flat in yeah. this set. Yeah, he, yeah, I think you're right there. Well, I got a question for you guys. When you run in a practice session, do you see how high you can get up on the board? No, I never. Uh, I concur. I I do that sometimes, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just habit. That's what I do. I usually see what they're running, and I assume that that's a a cue set. Right. So if I can get you know somewhere near there, if I can get in the middle of the board, I think I'm happy. And then you know I'll try to get those laps where I'm close. I'll run a couple laps. I'll change this. I'll run a couple laps, and I'll change this. And then I'll throw some long laps down after after that. But but uh, I I just assume that they're Q laps up at the top of the board and try to get somewhere in the middle. Same here, because how those guys are just doing one laps. Like when I go in and practice, I look at the laps of each driver, and I just see one lap quit, one lap quit. I know they're trying to right. do a hot lap. But sometimes that's okay in, in like, Martinsville, your, your short tracks. Yeah, you're just trying setup changes, you know, and you can right. figure it out in one lap if it worked or not, you know. Yeah, I kind of want to hear from the guy that makes the track guides. Carlos, what do you do when you're in practice? Well, at first I try to set a fast lap, and I keep trying to see how fast I can get that car without trying to kill myself. And I don't know, after that, I try doing you know race runs you know 40 50 laps in a row say someplace like charlotte or something trying to see what the car wants to do for that long of a time how far you can push that car i do gotta say carlos too those videos that you put up there's a few of them that have helped me a lot those are those are really good videos by the way i was just about to say that actually lately i was planning on thinking about getting colton to try to do those with me because you know how fast he is. Oh, there you go. He's usually got a tenth or so on you, right? What's that? <laughs> He's the faster <laughs> of the drivers, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, your video on Auto Club last year, that's what made me win my race. Oh, that's actually the first one I did? Oh, yeah, how about it, that? It worked. <laughs> I, I watched that video. I, I could not drive the track at all. I saw the guide on the forum. I watched it, listened to what you said, copied it, and I was with 30 laps to go. I was five seconds behind the leader, and I called him on the last lap and passed him in turn four to win the race. Hell yeah! Yeah, <laughs> how about that? Did you make you feel pretty good, Carlos? <laughs> I, I, I even sent you a message too. I think about after race, I was like, I was like, I won because of your video and all this stuff. And that's why he keeps making them. I mean, it works. Yeah, yep, very good. All right. Uh, I do want to talk about a little uh, about the new thing that iRacing has, which is their new Blanc Plain GT series. I don't know if you guys uh, run the Blanc Plain, uh, any of them, either the Sprint or the Endurance series at all. But it, uh, they're. Uh, real they're quick, going, Alan, you said Blanc Pain? Uh, Blanc Pain. That's how is I, that like a, you know, a French heavy metal band or. I don't know. How how would you pronounce it? Well, I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, European <laughs> road racing, so let me know. Tell me yeah, about I, it. Yeah, I think it's Blanc Pain. Blanc, Blanc Pain. I think you're right. Blanc Pain. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Blanc Pain. So it's the Blanc Pain GT series, which is going to be kind of like the the 
Empaths and the, the World Championship Grand Prix Series, where they're going to take the top 40 teams out of the Blanc Pain Endurance Series for season three, and they're going to make a new championship series. And so it's just uh, going to be teams. There's going to be uh, uh, prizes for for the teams and for the different manufacturers. So they're going to make sure that there's a good mix uh, between the cars that they're going to have. I believe they're going to have, uh, it did mention in their thing, they're going to have more than just the, the four cars that are available now, which they are the BMW, McLaren, the Ruff, and the Ford GT. So uh, I think they did mention that there was going to be uh, more cars involved, but of course they didn't say which ones. My guess it's probably going to be an Ashton Martin that they're going to be bringing in. And uh, so anyways, I thought that was neat for the guys that run road that are real good at it. Um, I'm going to run some of the endurance series, but uh, I don't think I'm going to be one of the 40 top 40 teams. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I probably won't touch foot on it at all. I'm not a really good road racer. Why, Why don't you think, you, think so, think Alan? You hit on it. It's only open to 40 teams. Mm-hmm. I've seen yeah. some of your videos uh, on road racing, Alan. You're you're actually pretty good on there. I... I'm bu- I'm below average <laughs> with the with the same strategy of the Heisman way, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, yeah, these some of these guys that run these road races are just ridiculously quick. And, and is this like sense. the you know I I might sound like a cynical oval guy, but is this not like the fiftieth road series of iRacing? <laughs> Didn't they announce one just a couple months ago as well? That's what I think. I think they're getting well, a little saturated. No, no, they just kind of changed the names of some of the ones because they got different sponsors and, and, and yeah, different sponsors and stuff. I so, see. Blockfain is actually a new sponsor for season two for what was just called the GT3 Challenge. Um, but this series that they're doing is for teams. So they don't have like a pro series for teams. Uh, but this is going to be kind of like that. Well, so cool. anyway, I th- yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a neat thing. I'm glad that uh, iRacing has done this. And uh, it's going to be good for the guys that... Uh, that are good enough to make it. The uh, you know more power to iRacing for creating another road racing series, um, but to be honest, why why would you? I guess I'm trying to say is if you're going to do a series, why make it on a U.S. server only? Like a lot of those foreign guys have a problem doing that. So I don't know. Yeah, I I kind of question that too because most of the guys aren't going to be U.S. that are racing the same. Right. Yeah, that's just, that's just not happening. It's more likely going to be more uh, should be. What's the other? Where, where's the other one that they have in Holland or something like that? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, that's probably where it should be. Uh, the Europeans are very, very good at this thing. Um, another thing that we kind of saw uh, on Facebook and the post is a new Logitech wheel coming out, the G29. Uh, the Jay, fanatic uh, wheel. <laughs> um, has uh, anybody seen this? This, this is the first time me hearing about it. 
Yeah, there's actually a picture of it. Uh, I, uh, if you search for it, it's called Logitech G29. Uh, there's a picture. You can see the buttons on it. It's got a trackpad. It's got a button on the bottom that's got the PlayStation logo on it, which indicates they're probably going to release it to uh, be PlayStation 4 compatible, I would guess. Uh I think it looks like a pred, you know, the 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 successor to the G27. Well, one thing I didn't notice is that all the buttons look like a DFGT. So for someone like me who races with DFGT, I use all my buttons on my wheel, and and so when I I saw that and and I I noticed the it looked like a much better quality of the wheel I got. Plus, it has all the buttons that I really like. Uh, that might be my next wheel. Right. And we, being a Logitech, we know the G27 is about 200 to $300. Uh, it's got to probably be in that same range, I would guess. Uh, the official name for it is called the Logitech G29 Driving Force. So anyway, it's a new wheel out there. And uh, you guys should check it out if you're looking for uh, for a new wheel. Seems well, like let's be clear. Logitech isn't actually offering this for sale. Uh, what's been found is basically somebody has found pictures of it, put them on the Internet. There's also a letter, uh, uh, internal letter from Logitech that's in Russian that references it as well. So it's not something that's actually for sale, but it's something coming out soon is what it appears. Actually, looking at it right now, it looks like a G27 and a Driving Force GT had a baby. Right. Yeah, that's the best thought. of both worlds kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully it'll be for sale soon, and uh, then for the people getting the wheel, they can uh, check that out. Um, another thing is that uh, Mike is looking for hydraulic brakes. So, Mr. Ellis. Well, I have the G27, and uh, I've been you know, looking at brakes for the last year, uh, because basically my throttle, it's kind of sticks sometimes and I've taken it apart and it doesn't help. But regardless, I've been looking at the hydraulic, uh, brakes and, and different options out there, uh, for well over a year. And they're so expensive. It's like, okay, what do you, you know, am I really going to spend over a thousand dollars on these things? That's, that's kind of what stopped me. I yeah, <laughs> you know, I've got too many kids, and I don't make three billion dollars a year. I, it's always been the price point on your load cells, your hydraulics. I mean, all these fancy wheels. Man, I'll give you two hundred bucks. You give me ten pieces of hardware to race with, and I'm happy. Well, that's the thing. Does does spending that kind of money on something like that does that real does that give you an advantage? Does it gain you a tenth or two on the track, or is it just the um, what do they call it immersion? I think the only advantage it would give you um, is not having your wife talk to you because she's so pissed off you spent all that money on a yeah, there pedal. You go. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they look so pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, Derek Spears, uh, who's one of the companies, uh, he has an update to his pedals that he's put out uh, and uh, just this month. Uh, and, he, and these guys continue to refine them. Uh, there's the guy from California. Uh, that does them. There's a guy from Europe that does them. There's a main performance PC has a, their own set out of Florida. Uh, so there's a lot of people involved. There's lots of options. Uh, I just throwing it out there and uh, I'm still shopping. Yeah, I got the Fanatec CSR elites and I've been 
very happy with them. It has the load cell brake, so it's not hydraulic. But uh, as for uh, the main performance ones, I have seen them in use. Um, they do look very nice, and they and I'm sure that they feel uh, very good on it. So a uh, little uh, promo for them. But uh, yeah, you got uh, many options out there for you, Mike, if you're willing to spend that kind of money on it. I'm pretty happy with my uh, with what I thought I paid real high amount, $200 set of pedals. Yeah, you know, and then looking at that G29 again, maybe that's the answer. Just buy a whole new set, a wheel, you know, pedals, a gear shift, you know, a package. Well, that would be the yeah. smart answer I would tell my wife. Right. Yeah, it's a package deal, honey. <laughs> yeah. It just comes with these hydraulic yeah. brakes. <laughs> yeah. It just costs $1,500, that's all. But I can race for 10000 if I use this for a couple of years and get really right. good. Yeah. I would, I've actually been doing some um, looking on YouTube and stuff like that. I've seen people that built uh, rigs out of like PVC pipe and wood and stuff like that. Because like I said, I'm on an old rickety wooden table. And in a lawn chair, you know, I got the, the my foot pedals. They slide up on me all the time. I got to keep adjusting them. I mean, I I I've been looking into just building like a cockpit, you know, where I can have everything mounted. But yeah, it's all a matter of you know what you can swallow spending. You know, right? Uh, uh, Jose Pabon, one of our team members, he just bought a a proper cockpit, uh, R seat, and he spent a, a pretty penny on it. Well, my wife and kids aren't willing to starve. That's pretty selfish, if you ask me. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so but, yeah, uh, always weigh in the, the the you know how much money am I going to spend on sim equipment? Uh, and yeah. if you look in the forums, you see there's a, some people that have problems with this. Uh, they continually buy stuff and resell it, and and always have to have the latest thing, and it that becomes the hobby almost. I would well, I would love to have some of that stuff that I. I mean, I've seen a lot of them on YouTube, and just the they they talk of the immersion, you know, of in the cockpit to where you you look at it and you're like, man, that'd be like really sitting in it. Because re for most of us, for me, this is probably the closest I'll ever get to really driving a race car. And I would, I tell you, I would love to drive a race car. As being race fans, all of us, I'm sure. And this is the closest we'll probably ever get. And why not get every everything you can to get get you that feel that you're really in a race car, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I recently purchased triple screens and it cost me around $700. And my wife's like, it's a game. You, yeah. you just yeah. paid all that money for a game. No, honey, it's another kid. What are you talking about? Yep. And, and it's funny because me and Mike were talking about the other night. And Mike goes, it's a sport. It's This is competitive. This yep. is a sport. Absolutely. You really get into it. And actually my wife used to say, <laughs> she used to say the same thing. You know, it's a video game. It's a video game, which some people say it's a game, it's sim, whatever it's called. You know, it's still the same. It's a real racing community. But now her and my son, our IWCR races are, are broadcast on Friday nights live. And my wife and my son will watch those and comment in the, in the chat and things like that. So they've actually gone from picking on me about it to being kind of fans of it you know that's great i wish my wife would watch i i send her the link <laughs> put this awesome. on the big tv out there in the living room but she'd rather watch dancing with the stars yeah <laughs> my my wife can care less <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, I'm 300 laps into the coke 600 why peaks in are you done yet yeah she ain't commenting on anything 
<laughs> no, my wife's good with it. Like I said, at first it was just a game, but there's things, you know, it, there's really a lot more to iRacing than what I ever even imagined when I first started. I mean, the broadcast that you can watch as, as race fans, you know, my wife is a bigger race fan than I am probably. And it's pretty cool that she, that she's, she's all with that, you know? Yes. Yeah. Those broadcasts people do are just absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually integrity switched over to using uh checker flag interactive this year and and i think that they do a very good job they have um, gotten really good yeah they have uh as long as they can get those names right <laughs> yeah. um, franska <laughs> <laughs> seriously that's what they and, call me franska and pahari yeah if you uh listen oh, to yeah if you listen to dover uh, you can see i told uh bon tempe Make sure that my name is pronounced correctly. And that's one of the first things he said on that broadcast was <laughs> my name. It was kind of funny. All right, let's uh, kind of wind it down here. Um, we got a few uh, corrections from our listeners. And as you know, we just kind of wing all this stuff. So maybe we don't get everything right. But uh, we had a correction of uh, where... Alex Zanardi's crash really happened. It did not happen at Rockingham in UK. It happened at the Lotsen Ring. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. The Lotsen Ring in Germany. And I probably shouldn't know that because he went to the Germany hospital, and obviously that's not the UK. So, <laughs> Is that the guy you were talking about that ended up being crippled and he was it really yep, messed yeah. him up bad? Okay. Yeah, okay. he lost his legs. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, now that... Uh, somebody brought that up to us, and I remember now that Cart did go for two races in Europe, actually, and uh, I believe that was the first of the two. I didn't know that about that guy, and you guys talking about it. I checked a couple things out, you know, and it, that it's amazing what that guy is. It, it's unreal. Yeah, I mean, after the crash. I mean, what are you exactly? After the crash? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yep. a stronger man than I, and I got my legs. <laughs> right. Yep, and he he does run in the Blanc Plain series now, um, with that special car. So I'm I think that's very impressive. But anyway, that's my correction here. Yeah, Didn't I want to give a shout out that to that one. listener, James Swinbanks from Australia, uh, and he's actually gotten us a lot of uh, listeners to our podcast. Uh, James is always uh, retweeting uh, our our links and so forth. So I appreciate it, James. Uh, James has actually qualified. 26th for the Indy 500 in the top split with a 39.455. Great Hell lap. Yeah. Right nice. On. Dang, so Australians are fast. Jesus. They are, man. And I asked him for his setup, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he didn't Yeah, how'd much. that work? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that you can run that fast with that setup. All right. And another correction is the, we talked about the new service model that um, – Tony Gardner was talking about in the iRace for Life seminar, and he was talking about how the new service model was going to come out in June. Well, I guess he kind of corrected himself because actually he didn't think that was being recorded. And uh, the word is that it will not be in the June release. It will actually be pushed out until fall. Yeah, he was saying what I read was they want to time the DX11 to go out with the surface model, the dynamic surface model at the same time kind of thing. So now we're looking more like the fall, like after summer. So hashtag soon. 
Right. I think <laughs> soon. Right. Yep. And another thing, too, is that we mentioned that the R, because we heard it from the Tony Gardner again, is that the Indy qualifying was going to be five minutes this time. But uh, it is obviously 10 minutes. So that's uh, another correction. And you missed your chance because you can't qualify anymore. It's over with. Yep. Why did they decide not to have qualifying go up right to the start of the race like you normally would? Or even (laughs) all week? I don't know. know. Yeah, but uh, but since I missed it, I am so I'm going to be. I think that's after after uh, qualifying times. Then they split it by I rating. Yeah, qualifying times first, then I rating. When is the next chance to race in that? Twenty ninth, thirtieth, and thirty first. Okay. Yep. Personally, I'll be in uh, in the Saturday race. Yeah, I plan on doing that Fridays. Yeah, I think uh, most of the team's going to try to do two of the three runs. I think Todd's going to try all three if he gets brave. I don't know. Uh, speaking about Todd, he won the 500, the Daytona 500. He won the Coke 600. So the question I asked him is, can he win this weekend's race? Well, that's like a triple crown, huh? 500, oh, yeah. 500 didn't count. It didn't count. We told him that. <laughs> he, he still won it, though. Yeah, he's still doing donuts for zero Wow. Points. So I mean, he's got a... a I mean, he's got a chance to win all the three big races so far. That's awesome. And well, good luck to him. Yeah, that Can is I, impressive. I wonder if I, I racing should do something like that. You know, have like the no bowl like he used to have. You know, uh, that we got our long races now is at Daytona, the Coke Six Hundred, and the you know, if I racing threw something in there for a guy that could win all of them or whatever. You know, I think if if they were to do that and Todd won all three, all his money should go to the team owner. I'm just saying. Ah, uh, he must be the team owner. Ten four on that. Put that in the contract. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then I also wanted to mention that uh, another podcast is recording a ton of show today, which is the iRacing Today radio show. So I want to congratulate uh, Trevor Cameron and Chad Dalton on their hundred show. I know tonight they're also uh, 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 interviewing or actually playing the interview with uh, Tony Gardner. So uh, they have a good show, so you should check them out. Um, and uh, so congratulations, guys. Yeah, I can't wait till we get to 100 shows. I hope we do. They are a, they're a, they're a great group of guys. They, they help me out tremendously with, with doing some live streaming and stuff. Great, great, great job for them. Yeah. I, I do wish they would race some more official races, though. Yeah, yeah they're hilarious. And but anyways, uh, you guys can uh, check us out on our uh, website, iRacers Lounge, our Facebook page, iRacers Lounge. Tweet us on Twitter at iRacers Lounge. Check out our YouTube channel. Uh, we're available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, PodTrack, iTunes, and Spreaker. You can also email us at iRacersLounge at gmail.com. You can send us any comments, questions, ideas on topics. Uh, uh, if you're willing to be a guest on the show, um, uh, just uh, send us whatever. We'd just like to hear from uh, everyone on the show. But anyways, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys tonight. And uh, I, I'm sure that a lot of us are going to be running tonight in the, in the Dover race. So good luck to you yeah, guys. Buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. There. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, thanks for the invite. And we'll do this again. So... You, will, you guys will be invited again.
Sounds good. Thanks Thank, for thanks for thanks. Thanks. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us over on iTunes and Stitcher. See you on the track. <laughs>